This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Nutribio with no compromise since 1988, no proprietary blends and nothing but clinical dosages as well as some of the best flavorings on the market. Nutribio has whatever you need regardless of your sport or transformation. Use code word NATTY at checkout to save 10%. Hello again, Natty Daddies and Enhanced Baddies. It's your host of the United States of America podcast, Brandon Lirio, and I'm here to tell you that no professional athlete that you have ever seen is a natty. All right, now if you didn't listen to the first episode, I'm usually starting with a clickbait title to be a little bit disingenuous on purpose. Why is that? Well, because that's what gets listens and clicks. So, let's really ask ourselves in terms of what we're looking at motivation-wise, what we're looking at in terms of people's functionality. My favorite thing is usually watching natural bodybuilding shows, uh, the CrossFit games, whatever it may be, and taking a look at something and having everybody go, is that person really natural? Now, I'll be the first to admit, the internet is filled with the natty police. And what I mean by that is, I have athletes all the time messaging me, hey, Look at this guy. Is he natural? Hey, look at this chick. Is she natural? I actually got into some hot water several months ago on this exact channel in terms of Generation Iron because I had said in a podcast and in an article that when it actually has somebody taking a look at someone they think is unnatural, most of the people don't actually understand what they're looking at. For example, I'm obviously going to be the biggest uh, person that I know who's been accused of cheating because outside of Mike O'Hearn, I hear about myself more than I hear about anybody else. But that being said, if you really take a look at what people were saying in the comments section of the bodybuilding subreddit or on a Fitness Vault article about my photos or whatever, you actually can hear them try to convince themselves that they understand how these compounds work and that what it should do to a physique, right? I'll be the first to say that multiple times I've met either professional athletes or regular bodybuilders or regular people. And the first thing they say to me is, huh, I thought you'd be bigger. Yeah, no sh**. The reason I say that is because if you really take a look at people in terms of photos, there's a couple things online that you're not going to understand. First is the perspective of the camera. They could be closer, farther away, god-tier natty lighting coming from the specific lighting of a posing room. And one of my favorite things to also remind people is that it's a lot easier to edit these photos in terms of alterations than it used to be. You can't just look at a photo and take it at face value. As a matter of fact, a lot of the judges within the IFBB have always said pretty famously now that there's a lot of keyboard warriors that take a look at their judging from an online perspective and like to give their two cents as a Monday morning quarterback. The only problem that we find with that is that Steve Weinberger has basically said, hey, listen, sitting at that table, it's very easy for me to see and to tell who is the winner, right? And if you want to talk about politics and bodybuilding, that'll be another episode for another time. But realistically, people still go to these shows, right? If everybody's still supporting the Olympia and everybody still believes that Big Rami is one of, if not the best bodybuilder in the world and possibly of all time, right? then you have to ask yourself, if you really think that it's politics, why do you keep supporting those shows? But I digress, because what we're really talking about is, can you look at someone and be able to tell without a shadow of a doubt that they are natural or not? Now, 
arguably, I have always said to my athletes, if your goal is to be in the IFBB and to be an IFBB pro and you want to do it naturally, it's dumb. Because the second you go to nationals, even if, let's say, you defy the odds and wind up getting an IFBB pro card, well, the problem with that is what are you going to do now? One of my favorite shows to harp on is actually NPC Natural Shows, where it's the NPC Ohio Natural Cup or the Natural Weeder Sandows. For what purpose? Once you actually wind up getting that pro card or even that national qualification, you have to admit to yourself and everybody else that there's a 0% chance that you're going to win a pro title as a natural guy, says the natural guy, right? I would love to say that the IFBB welcomes natural competitors and there is a place for us in those dockets. There's not. That federation was not made for you. However, there are federations that were made for natural bodybuilders, but they're plagued with the same issues that most other sports are. There's drug tests that can be beat. There are people who know how to do that. And there are doctors who make hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars a year to try to ensure that they can beat those tests. Hence documentaries like Screwball or the Icarus Complex. But the problem here is that most people are not certified medical technicians or certified steroid specialists that even understand what they're looking for. I once had someone in the comment section with a bunch of upvotes and, and a bunch of sub comments basically say that they could take a look at my vascularity and tell whether or not I was on steroids. Listen, if I'm talking about myself here, if I'm on gear, this is the worst fucking gear that anybody's ever used in their entire life. I compete in about two weeks and four days at the Natural Olympia. I weighed in this morning at 149.8. Now, I'm not saying that performance-enhancing drugs like diuretics or estrogen blockers or even beta blockers are not falling into those categories of people being natural. But realistically, nobody's asking Annie Thorsditter if she's using beta blockers or if Rich Froning was somebody who used an estrogen blocker, right? What they're really asking is, are these guys on testosterone? Are these women on some version of steroids? And when it comes to natural bodybuilders, are they using Anavar or low doses of testosterone? When it comes to beating drug tests, which there will be another episode with Generation Iron's company founder and CEO, Vlad and myself, about how to beat a WADA drug test... Be sure to like, subscribe, and comment, and tune in later. But realistically, what you have to say to yourself is, if drug tests can be beaten, is there really a way to stare at someone and understand if they're natural or not? And I will be the first to say that we operate in what I call degrees of freedom. And anybody that's taken grad school level courses in terms of looking at medical studies and peer-reviewed studies understands that degrees of freedom is a either side measurement in terms of whether or not the data can be trusted or calculating into what's known as your confidence interval. Now, understand, I'm stupider than your average bear, so I'm sure there's going to be a bunch of master's degrees and maybe even PhDs in the comments section where if I've misunderstood the difference between confidence intervals and degrees of freedom, I would love for you guys to weigh in. But that being said, what I'm really getting at is Natural bodybuilding and sports that consider themselves drug tested, whether it be by the WADA or the IOC or even USADA, understands that their tests can be beaten. So 
they try to do off-season testing, they try to do um, no-notice testing, but realistically, we have hundreds of thousands of people every day looking at Mike O'Hearn and Rich Froning and uh, um, Sarah Sigmund's daughter and Tara Toomey and football players, baseball players, and looking at scandals that have popped up in terms of these people actually failing drug tests. None of those people, for whom of which I just mentioned, have a failed drug test, by the way. But there are certain people within the MLB, the NFL, the NBA that wind up failing drug tests. And most of the time what you read is, well, you can just look at them and tell. Here's the issue with that. If you're a professional athlete in general, most of the time your performance, your physicality, and your aesthetics are going to be different than the general populace. We call these people outliers. I myself can consider myself an aesthetic outlier as well as a strength outlier because my Wilk score, my Schwartz coefficient, and there's now a new one they use that for some reason I can't remember the name of, to calculate your pound-for-pound strength curve is way off the charts in terms of usually where the vast majority of 150-pound 5'5 guys wind up lifting. I can understand why people are skeptical. But the real argument that we're having here is Looking at these people, you should have understood that, of course, they were on steroids. We're operating in a degree of freedom here, right? I can take a look at some natural bodybuilders, for whom which I won't name, and be able to say, there is about a 1% chance that that person is telling the truth. However, I have to understand as not just a spectator, but as another athlete in the sport, I'm not the natty police. Being able to look at these people and walking up to them, and this has happened to me, in a public event and getting in their face and going, you're a liar, fuck you, is the most rude, short-sighted, and selfish thing that I can imagine. And like I said, it's happened to me, right? So when we take a look at these people and you can say, based on my own knowledge base, based on what I know about human anatomy and physiology, I am leaning toward that this person is a lying sack of shit. That's completely within your prerogative. However, I've known professional athletes that were getting tested every couple of days leading into contests and in the offseason. And there's a certain individual who's been bouncing between federations for the last couple of years that might as well be a uh, human study on what the genome could possibly give somebody in terms of genetic gifts. Again, I'm not going to name them. But even I have to say, my degree in terms of belief of this person is leaning heavily towards bullshit. But I also have to understand that this person has passed multiple drug tests, not just polygraphs, because I will be the first to admit that you can really alter the uh, outcome of those, which is why they're not admissible in court anymore. But if they're passing urine tests and blood tests over and over again, I wish I could say, man, I knew that guy was cheating. Last I checked... At least most of the people I've been conferring with and having conversations with live in America. And one of the things that we harp on is innocent until proven guilty. Now, I understand the ebb and flow of social media does not allow for that same right in terms of people's believability. But realistically, how many drug tests does a person need to pass and in what short period of time to change your mind? For me... I've seen people get tested, like I said, every 72 hours over a four-month period and be able to go from looking normal to looking stage-ready and have 
no issues with passing that test. Even with the shortest esters of performance-enhancing drugs, that would be a feat in and of itself. So, that being said, I think the real question we have to ask ourselves is, even though drug tests can be beat, will there ever be a drug test that exists that will be able to sway the vast majority of people's belief, or is time our best friend? A good friend of mine, Philip Ricardo Jr., if he showed up, which, by the way, shout out to Phil Ricardo, who just announced yesterday that after several dozen years competing, that he is going to be competing in his last natural show of all time. We love you, man. Good luck at the Natural Olympia 25th anniversary this Veterans Day weekend in Vegas. But if a guy like Philip Ricardo Jr. showed up on the scene today, and he was 19 years old and looks how he looks now, everybody's bullshit meter would be incredibly high. Even if he looked the way he did look when he was 19 years old and was lifting for only a little while, most people didn't believe him, that he was natural, that he did that without performance-enhancing drugs, or that he could keep it up being drug-tested over and over again. Now, like I said, after him retiring from the military and having several dozen years competing, the issue is that his growth progression looked identical to what people would expect if you were doing it only with diet and general supplements that were over-the-counter, not banned by the World Doping uh, Anti-Doping Agency, or the IOC, which is the standards in the federations that he uses, which is the WNBF and the uh, IPE, as well as the INBA, PNBA. So, if that's the case... Is it just that social media has basically numbed us to this idea that you can show up sort of already being elite athlete adjacent and actually be telling the truth about your functionality and your fitness? And I know there's probably some dudes in their cars driving right now or watching on their Roku television, smoking their J's going, nope, they can't. Again, completely your prerogative. But what I will say is this. I've now been around the world. I've trained with professional athletes. I've trained with the likes of some strength outliers as well as aesthetics outliers. And I'm here to tell you that the growth curve in which you would see on most of them matches what you would expect someone's growth curve to be if they were an outlier in terms of being a hyper responder or if they're just that dialed in in terms of, hey, really being able to show what their ability is on a curve that makes sense. It might not be linear, but it does make sense in terms of a human physiology aspect. But I also understand that the skeptics in terms of the general population are not going to be swayed that easy. But interestingly enough, now I'm going to switch the conversation to the people who are paying attention to the comments sections. If you're the guy who's put out your photo or you're the girl who put out her deadlift and you're going to IPF Worlds or USAPL Nationals or whatever it may be, you have to understand that the type of person who gets in the comments section and calls you a fake natty, I'm sure it's going to be in the comments section of this post anyway, is basically doing that to sound to the echo chamber that we all know that this person is lying. You're not going to sway their opinion. No amount of drug tests, no amount of hair follicle tests. If there was a spinal tap that they would give you that would prove to these people that you're natural, they wouldn't believe you. So let's really ask the question. Is there a valid marker that the vast majority of people would be able to accept as an actual marker 
that you could prove someone did something naturally? Or is it really that you have to have that much physical content of where you started, what you were doing, and how you got there from year to year to prove to people that the progression was normal? I'll be the first to admit on this podcast, I don't know what the right answer is or that those things exist. But realistically, we as a society have to ask ourselves, why then are we even watching the fucking sport? I love bodybuilding. I love enhanced bodybuilding. I love natural bodybuilding. There are times I go to natural shows that I lean heavily toward that guy's full of shit and that girl would probably piss so hot that it would melt the fucking cup. And I also understand that when it comes to training the way NFL linebackers do or having the amount of practice time that UFC athletes require, that there's some level of recovery that realistically, if you don't have, you wouldn't make it two years in that sport. You probably wouldn't make it a single season. But the part that we're forgetting is these sports are now becoming big enough and people have secondary revenue streams high enough that they're going to have access to things that you don't have access to. My favorite thing that I've actually seen is how many professional athletes in terms of boxers and UFC fighters have been using what is known as stem cell injections to try to increase their recovery time. I don't know if they work. I've never done them. But you have to understand that if someone like, and I'm only using this because I'm getting older and I don't know who the newer guys are, but if Chuck Liddell or John Jones or the Gypsy King decided that they were going to get stem cell injections and did their research and went to a clinic, they're probably not paying for that. So the understanding that they can take a fight within six months and the recovery for most people is much longer than that, especially when they're getting older than they are in their 30s and 40s, which they didn't do back in the day because they wind up having CTE so bad they can't walk or talk. We also have to then understand that our functionality in terms of how we understand recovery is already misspoken and misunderstood unless you have a baccalaureate to master's to PhD level understanding of the type of uh, technology and recovery processes that are available that just haven't been outside the last two decades. So then we come into in terms of the money that's available for those things and risk management. Most people who are natural athletes, if they were boxers, would not feel that taking a fight within a four to six month period after just having won or lost the fight would be worth it. Except if the UFC or if HBO is going to pay you $10 million to do it, then I really don't give a shit how much you punch my face in. And even if I go in feeling like shit and probably performing like shit, I don't care. Because that's the type of money that's available. Okay, the only problem with that, Brandon, is that money is the root of all evil. And it also will force you to do things that you may find morally corrupt and that wouldn't also be in your wheelhouse of choices if you weren't going to be incentivized with a monetary value. So then we ask ourselves the secondary question. Is the money worth it where people are actually feeling like they should cheat? Here is my scenario for natural bodybuilding as to why I tell most people you're probably wrong about whether or not somebody is natural or not. My first podcast was literally, is there any money in bodybuilding? Not just natural bodybuilding, but I went over prize pots for the entire International Federation of Bodybuilders. For them, the idea is going to be, these injections, even if I'm not winning, or the damage I'm doing to my liver, kidneys, or heart, doesn't matter. 
Because if I am that good and I can wind up in the top five, my secondary revenue streams will take off and all of my monetary compensation in terms of what I've invested in the performance enhancing drugs will then be reimbursed to me in the order of prize pots so that I feel monetarily it is worth financial gain to do this damage and to use these performance-enhancing drugs, which again, I'm going to go on record here, and I've been in hot water for saying this before, even if you are using performance-enhancing drugs, I don't give a shit, and nobody else should either, because realistically, I'm a libertarian at heart. Free consenting, adults can do whatever they want to do to their own bodies. None of my business. However, if you sign a contract with a natural federation that says you're a natural bodybuilder and you choose to cheat, I hate you because you're a liar and a cheat. I don't dislike you because you're using performance-enhancing drugs. So then we have to ask ourselves in terms of professional sports that are not bodybuilding, should we really be blocking these people if they were under the care of a doctor to be able to administer these things safely? Or let's go even further backward and say if we could have medical studies that would study the proper management of how to administer these things properly. And again, I'm not saying those things exist, but we don't have that information. So realistically, let's double back to natural bodybuilding and prize pots being worth the financial compensation to possibly ruin your career, your health, and your reputation. If you're a natural bodybuilder out there and you think there's none of us natties out there that are truly natty, I don't have the money to buy gear, let alone the want to destroy certain aspects of my life, my career, or my reputation to win a $1,500 prize pot at the... Chicago State. I don't even think it's worth the $10,000 at the Natural Olympia. And also, as it relates to the content that I create, look, I wouldn't even be on a podcast, let alone having my own podcast, if I was going to wind up pissing positive for some shitty diuretic or because I needed to get my nerves under control and my deltoids wouldn't pop because I over-dieted and now I'm using synthol and that's against our regulations. I'll say this. I know that cheating exists in the CrossFit games, natural bodybuilding, NFL, NBA, every major sports team has it, and I'm sure there are doctors out there that make their money in ensuring that that market still exists. But now I'm here to tell you guys on the other side of the keyboard, most of you have no fucking idea what you're talking about or how that works. Again, I'm conceding that there is probably a large amount of these cheaters in every sport, that is considering themselves a tested sport. But we also have to understand that until you see this person function or even see them aesthetically in person, everything can be altered in terms of perspective and you might not have the fullness of their availability of information that they have in terms of progress photos, videos, previous PRs, all that stuff. So for those who are skeptical, I would say this. First, educate yourself in terms of things that would make sense to the sport that you're watching. Arguably, if what you're saying is, I can look directly at someone and I can know that they're on steroids. I would love for you to tell that to all eight of Lance Armstrong's Tour de France jerseys. I would love for you to tell that to every drug test that, uh, you know... um, all these guys in the 90s and 2000s who were smashing baseballs and, and breaking world records, right? Here's the thing. We looked at those guys and thought that they looked like dads. They had general bodies that were just strength outliers in terms of performance. 
especially when it came to guys in the Tour de France. But one of the most outstanding metrics I ever heard was that if you had to give the Tour de France medal to the person who never tested positive on a piss test, I believe it was five years ago, you would need to give it to the person in 18th place. Now we have a dilemma. Is it that the sport is full of steroid use or that our expectation as a society of what we expect professional athletes to do for financial compensation, not in line with the fact that it's possible to do naturally? And if that's the case, do we institute harsher punishments or do we understand that if that's what we like watching, we've kind of done this to ourselves and we're paying with our dollar to ensure that it will continue to happen? So let's talk natural bodybuilding and UFC and CrossFit then. Ask yourself when you want to perform in a natural federation or a natural sport. How many people have failed their drug tests? What's the most recent one? What are they testing for? And where can I find that information? If it is not readily available to you, you already have your answer. Even if there are people who are cheating in that federation, you will never know about it. Now, Federations, as well as different sports, are getting better and better about posting those failures, what they tested positive for, when and why, and what the overall punishment was going to be for that person, and when you can expect to, if ever, seeing them back in their sport of choice. I believe this is the way forward. If you can't verify the testing procedures, you're already a leg outside of the possibility that you're competing on a fair and level playing field. I'm not going to tell you which I believe is the right, wrong, or even best test to do. I know that I've chosen my federation in the INBA, PNBA because the Hall of Shame, and every year, including every show I've ever held myself, we have test failures, we publish them, what they tested positive for, when and how long their punishment is for, whether it be a one-year ban, five-year ban, or lifetime. But let's all bring this back around. Guys, I would love to say that you can just open Reddit Take a look at somebody and go, that guy's full of shit. I would say about 25% of the time you're probably going to be right if you've been doing this long enough. If you haven't, I would be hard-pressed to say that 5% of the time that I've seen people who are saying that that person is not natural, that they're probably correct. Because again, I'm not going to have drug test notifications on everybody. However, I have also seen people change their tune. Well, I thought this person was using, but then after looking at their post for the last five years, their progression seems normal. I just ask everybody this. Why don't we just understand that maybe it's outside of our wheelhouse of understanding to be able to just look at most people and say they fully know what's going on and list out a gear protocol schedule that you believe you fucking nailed it. And then if you're the natural bodybuilder who is pinning behind closed doors or the CrossFit athlete that decided to try SARMs right before the event because you can't recover correctly, to you guys I would say this. There are sports out there that are made for you, but the ones that you've decided to enter are not. So maybe you should just stop being full of shit. Be capable of what you're capable of and perform at your highest availability. Because if you're not, maybe you're just a fucking cheater. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by bgfitonline.com. 
Battleground Fitness can train you in any sport that is currently on the market, whether it be strongman, powerlifting, stage competitions, and all genders are accepted. So if you have a transformation that you want to make, whether it be on stage, on a platform, or even just in your photos, BG Fit Online has a coach that could help you. So head to www.bgfitonline.com today and start your transformation. Thanks for tuning in to the United States of America podcast. Be sure to like, subscribe, and comment on YouTube, or give us a review and be sure to subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts, Apple iTunes, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. In the meantime, I hope you guys are enjoying the podcast, and be sure to tune into our next episode where we go into another controversial topic that affects natural sporting, or maybe it's just sporting in general. I guess you'll just have to subscribe to find out. So, this is Brandon Lirio, three-time Mr. Natural Olympia, two-time Mr. Universe, and your host of the United States of America, signing off.